Ladies and gents, my name is Brandon Stover. Welcome to the How to Solve Climate Change course from Plato University. Causes, systems, obstacles, solutions to this global challenge is what you're going to learn here today. When you're ready to learn more skills, join us for free at plato.university. Let's get started with today's lesson. We'll have our expert guests briefly introduce themselves and their credentials for why they are able to speak to this topic. My name is Sass Brown. I am a writer, researcher, and activist in the space of ethical and sustainable fashion. I am the founder and writer of a new MA at Kingston University, London, called Sustainable Fashion Business and Practices. I have wrote and taught and written curriculum and advised brands and women's cooperatives around the world for probably more than 20 years on the topic of sustainable and ethical fashion. And can you explain from a first principles perspective, basically what sustainable fashion is in your description? What is sustainable fashion? Well, it, part of the challenge is that that term is a little bit open to interpretation. Sustainability obviously has a pretty defined meaning that came from the Brundtland statement from the UN back in 1987, I think it was, which is about sustainability in general, not fashion specific, but effectively about maintaining and sustaining our planet in such a, a way that future generations are not compromised in how they work, live, etc. Applied to, to fashion in particular, there are a myriad of different expressions for that, whether it's minimization or elimination of chemical use, particularly in the processing of fabrications and of garments, whether it's um, reduction, elimination of pollution right from raw material stage and growing or extraction of fibers through to finished garments, whether it's elimination of waste in the production process, the entire process of production of pretty much any physical goods are um, littered with an enormous amount of waste from uh, raw materials through the various processing stages to the final product. Um, and then, of course, end of life as well. Um, and so it can incorporate a return to craft and slow design, um, artisanship. Um, there are so many different ways of expressing effectively what are ethics embedded within the system of fashion hmm. in a way that benefits people, planet, and animals. Why does the practice of sustainable fashion work or help to solve climate change? Well, fashion's grossly underestimated in many cases about its overall impact. It is a huge industry that employs people all over the world. In the developing world, for example, craftsmanship and artisanship is one of the main employers of people across the developing world. When you look at the West and a highly diversified outsourced supply chain, we're talking about logistics, about sales, about retail production, raw material extraction. It impacts all of those different industries. So it's not just about producing and purchasing garments. It's all of the things that go into that. And so in terms of employment alone, it is an enormous employer in terms of its impact on the climate, on the people that live on this planet. It is enormous. 
And so impacting how and what we consume, the way we consume it and the way it's produced has an incredible impact on people and planet. Could you describe maybe steel manning the other side of the argument? Why sustainable fashion wouldn't work to help climate change or maybe where it falls short? Well, one of the challenges is, of course, success from a business perspective relevant, whether it's fashion or any other corporate entity is based on on growth, right? <laughs> and infinite growth on a finite planet is a, an algorithm that doesn't work. So any industry that is based on consumption is problematic to begin with because consumption is really the basis of our problem. So there is one of the challenges, and that requires a fairly large shift in terms of our cultural values and the way that we view our right to own, to use, and discard what we can afford. And so a shift to a consciousness and a culture that values the people and the planet that are utilized in the production of goods instead of them simply being seen as something that people can consume and discard is a huge culture shift. Could you describe who is benefiting the most by the practice of sustainable fashion and then who is harmed the most maybe by this? Well, I mean, who is harmed are the people in the supply chain and planet that is utilized as a resource without end, which it does have an end, and there are ramifications for our methods of production. Again, fashion's not alone in this. You could just as easily cite interior design, product design, any number of of different industries. But fashion in particular is based on huge scale of consumption and discarding of goods. Many goods, of course, are produced for a limited life lifespan, but probably few are produced with a more limited lifespan than fashion clothing and high street fashion, cheap clothing in general. And so the big problems are, you know, to do with the environment and particularly people often they are negated in this consideration of environmental issues, but the ethics of how we treat people who produce our clothing, who extract our raw materials, who process those materials is equally important. There can't be a beautiful garment if it's taken advantage of people or planet in its production. I mean, those are the ones that suffer the consequences of people and the planet. And of course, animals in many ways as well. Animals are by default utilized to a great extent within the fashion industry because of their fibers, their skins, whatever. For the most part, fashion utilizes byproducts of the meat industry, such as, you know, cat skins, sheep skins, etc. But therefore, even though they may not be the the pre the primary output of cattle, for example, the meat is is what it is farmed for. It is by default, therefore, responsible for the conditions that they're held in and kept in. And huge scale of agribusiness in general is highly problematic, both for the environment and for the animals that that are used within that um, system. So, people, planet, and animals are those that suffer. Um, those that benefit, I mean, from a corporate perspective, obviously, we're talking about those that make the greatest profits. From an individual perspective, we're talking about those that have a disposable enough income to be able to use fashion as something that is playful and fun and beautiful 
and it can be all of those things. So those are, I guess, the benefactors, those that have the income to be able to use fashion at its best as something that expresses their personality, that supports perhaps emerging designers or the people within that produce those garments. And of course, the corporation is a profit from the sales of those garments. Could you give us a breakdown of if I was producing a garment going through the sustainable fashion process versus your traditional process? I mean, in terms of the components that have an impact, they're basically the same. It's just looking at them and working from a different perspective. So a traditional fast fashion or high street garment has a number of tiers within the supply chain. So it's if a first tier supplier is the supplier that supplies a finished product to a retailer, then the second tier supplier is a supplier that supplies those raw materials to the manufacturer to make it. So let's say it's a pair of denim jeans. They will be the first tier supplier to a retailer, whoever they are, that f- supplies the finished denim jeans. Behind them are the people that supply them with the denim and the thread and the labels and the pocket lining and all of those things. And the third tier supplier would be the supplier that supplies the raw materials to make them, so the thread to weave the denim. And then the fourth tier would be the farmer who farms the cotton. It's a very simplistic supply chain, but that those are the main components. Those main components exist, however ethically or unethically you produce a garment. You have to have raw materials. They have to be processed and woven or knitted. They need to be cut and sewn. They need to be made into a garment. They need to be supplied to a consumer. And then there has to be some consideration for what happens to them at the end of their life when they're no longer required or wanted. So all of those components still exist. It's just a matter of instead of basing it on quicker, cheaper, you're basing it on how can we benefit uh, more people? How can we pay more people fairly? How can we support and maintain their traditions or their artisanship or their culture, their material culture? How can we um, pull back our supply chain so it is localized instead of globalized, so we're eliminating a massive carbon footprint, which is the reverse of what you know cheap clothing and, and mass production has done, where our supply chain is so diversified and so spread across the world, um, you know, just chasing, shaving, percentages of pennies of production, because when you're producing tens of thousands of pieces, that makes a difference. So the sort of reverse becomes the value in in a slow fashion supply chain, if you like, in how can we employ people more ethically, pay them better, pay more of them, and help sustain their their place, their collect, their, you know, their culture, whatever, through that process. So it's exactly the same processes, but done from an ethical perspective instead of chasing the, the, the profit perspective. And that's not to say profits can't be important. We have to sustain ourselves and our businesses and people within them to make a difference. In that supply chain, we would like to see both the suppliers and the corporations instilling these values and demanding a sustainable and ethical fashion. But on the consumer side as well, we can drive it demanding that from the companies that we're buying from. Is there one that is leveraged or has more power than the other? No, I think that part of our challenge is that such responsibility has been placed on the consumer 
that it's for them to demand more ethical supply chains and more ethical product. And while that there's a truth to, you know, we vote with our dollars, we support individuals and corporations through what we purchase, there is obviously a truth to that. But the reality is that I think for real sustainable change, there are three main stakeholders. Consumers is one of those, but so are the brands in terms of wanting to make change or complying with change. And so are governments in terms of legislation. And without all those three components, it's not sustainable change because the brands will find ways of getting out of legislation. Or if legislation is made, but there are no mechanisms to ensure its compliance, then they're pretty worthless. And of course, consumers have to be able to pay, understand that there is a cost to doing things ethically. When we live in an environment where, you know, the production of goods has been undervalued and devalued, and there is a hidden price tag, which people and planet pay, but not the consumer at the till. So there is a cost, an increased cost to doing things properly and ethically. For sustainable fashion to work better than it is currently, is there any innovation or policy that needs to be built or put in place currently? I think there are many policies that need to be put in place, but just as important as the policies is the other mechanisms to ensure that they're complied with. So, for example, in the UK, we have a requirement of all businesses having an anti-slavery statement on their website. But there is no mechanism to ensure that companies comply with that uh, statement about trying to ensure their supply chain does not involve modern day slavery. So it's, it's effectiveness is relatively limited. So it's the, the finance and the ability to ensure compliance with that legislation that's really important. And whether it's penalties or whatever it else. It may be that ensures that it is a costly mistake for the brands, not a tax write-off when they make mistakes. What are the best two or three resources to learn about sustainable fashion in relation to climate change? Well, that's a good question. And they're very diverse and it depends upon um, where your interests lie. There are so many perspectives to sustainable and ethical fashion. And, um, you know, we all have our own value systems and our own things that we value. So, um, it depends what you're looking for and what your ability to consume information is in what format. So, for example, Fashion Revolution is a fantastic resource for information, including academic and educational information on transparency and brands that share particularly the processes of their production of garments. Common Objectives is also an excellent resource um, in terms of access to sort of magazine type information. So easily readable content about uh, production or impacts and so on. And then the mainstream, some of the mainstream press such as Fashion United, for example, focus quite considerably on sustainable fashion. So, you know, across diversity of our interests, those probably hit the main, the main points, I'd say. Right now, you're speaking to passionate students who want to actually solve problems like these. What top three skills should they study so that they actually have the ability to do so? Gosh, let me think about that one. I think that first listening, <laughs> that sounds like a, a funny thing to say, perhaps, but I think we have 
learned not to listen. And a lot of my focus is on working with artisans and craftspeople. And one of the hurdles that we have to get over that with in that space is that we in the West somehow know better than um, other people and other traditions. So a sort of decolonization of thinking and working that we have as much to learn from traditions and traditional material cultures as we have to share and that partnerships are absolutely imperative, not impositions and interventions, albeit possibly for the best reasons because we think we know what is better, sure. but our values are not everybody else's values. So I think listening and valuing information is probably one of the most important skills. I think another one is questioning, particularly in fashion and as fashion professionals and particularly fashion students and academics. We're taught that there is only one definition of success in our industry and one route to attain it. And those things are often not questioned because our focus is so entirely on creating something beautiful and desirable and our sort of subversive nature tends to be focused on that perspective of development and design and innovation as opposed to looking behind the curtain and looking at the system of fashion that props up those processes. And so I think questioning is the single most, is absolutely a vital skill set to have, not to just blindly take on board, and this is what success means, this is how it's represented, this is how you get it. There are a myriad of opportunities to have an impact and to make change. And to do that, we have to question every stage of the system of fashion. So listening and questioning, I think, are skills that, you know, particularly in the West, we have negated to a great degree. And I think they're absolutely vital in us moving ahead and understanding different perspectives and different values. And then, of course, by default, collaboration and teamwork, multidisciplinary sharing of processes of, of skill sets. So I suppose those three things. Any final recommendations for the audience? I guess be curious. Look things up, you know, not to put the overemphasis on the consumer, but know what you're paying for. Know whose corporate coffers, your pennies, your hard-earned pennies are going into and what you are sustaining through that investment and make conscious choices for what you're investing in and who you're investing in. What a great idea to help you step into the world of sustainable fashion conduct and audit of your own wardrobe. Audit your wardrobe to identify sustainable and non-sustainable clothing items. Reflect on your purchasing habits and plan strategies for building a more sustainable wardrobe. Thank you for taking the How to Solve Climate Change course. If you want to learn the skills to solve this global challenge, join us for free at Plato.University for exclusive content, extra resources, and actionable exercises with every lesson. This course was produced by Plato University, where students turn passions into purpose and learn skills to change the world. Learn more at Plato.University. <laughs>